There has never been a more urgent time to support classrooms and communities as they rebuild. You can help High Five reach, teach, and transform the lives of young people with a gift of any size. You can donate online by visiting our website and clicking on the donate button. I'll throw the link into the description of this episode. We thank you so much for your support. Welcome to Vertical Playpen, the podcast all about adventure and experiential education. I'm your host, Phil, and in this episode, neurochemicals. I'll add in some cheering. So we're going to be talking about the four primary neurochemicals that bring us joy. For a few years, I used to run a workshop at High Five called The Power of Play. And in that, I would reference these four neurochemicals. I'm going to go through each one of those with you all now and also refer it to some activities that I've used in the past to be able to elicit those chemicals in our bodies, in our brains that make us feel joy. I originally learned about these or heard about these from watching a Simon Sinek TED Talk. I think it was the Leaders Eat Last one. Somewhere in that he referenced these, but he was referring to them in relationship to businesses and leaders. What I'm going to reference them in terms of working with groups and engaging and having the positive benefits of those neurochemicals help you and guide you in the work that you do with the groups. So I use these as tools. I purposely place activities in my sequences knowing that they're going to elicit these things. And I follow them in terms of EDSO. That helps to remember them. EDSO, E-D-S-O. So E is endorphins. D is dopamine. S is serotonin. And O is oxytocin. So let's go all the way to the first one, endorphins. Endorphins we get when our bodies are attempting to mask physical pain. So you may experience endorphins when you work out, when you go for a run. If you're an avid runner, people refer to this as the runner's high. You feel great joy from doing some physical exertion. It's not for everyone, and it also doesn't last very long. So it's not like a massive incentive to then go out and do a run again if you did it once and you're like, oh man, I felt great. I'm totally going to do this again. By the morning the next day, you'll now only experience the muscular ache and you're less likely to want to do that again. You also get that from laughing. What you're doing is your stomach muscles are contracting and relaxing through your laughing, the exertion of laughter, that you start to get the endorphins that are going to mask the physical pain that you would get from your stomach muscles. If you've ever laughed so much that it hurts, your endorphins are just running out. And so now you're starting to experience the abdominal pain that comes from constant laughter. So that's endorphins. Now we can give that to our participants very easily by either putting a joke in somewhere that you know is going to get people to laugh or doing activities that create laughter. An example of that for me would be the activity jump in, jump out. I love bringing that in at the start of my programs because there's physical exertion, very minimal, but there's physical exertion, but there's also laughter as people make mistakes. And so as we 
do those things, we start to feel that joy. So that truly, for me, is what I would term as an icebreaker, because you are incorporating laughter, and when you're experiencing laughter, you feel joy, and so that's a great way to start a program. So that's endorphins, masking physical pain. The second one is dopamine. Now, this is another one that we can give to ourselves. You get this from cigarettes, alcohol, drugs, uh, cell phone use, social media use. That gives you a rush of dopamine when you see that uh, red circle appearing as a text message or whatever it is. You, You get a dopamine rush when you see that. We also get dopamine from achieving our task and accomplishing our goals. So there's another way that you might be able to cheat the system here. I know that I do this. If you've got a to-do list in your office or wherever you're working now, and you're checking off the things you're supposed to be doing, and you do something that is not on that list, if you write it onto the list then and immediately check it off, you're giving yourself a dopamine boost. So in terms of accomplishing goals in our programming, that would be us us setting initiatives where there might be a timed challenge. Let's say we were doing the activity key punch. We are trying to hit the numbers in a sequence from one to whatever number and then run back to the start line. Let's say you did it once and you made a goal of one minute, 30 seconds. It took your team to do that. If the second time you do it in less than that, that feeling that you get from achieving your target goal is that dopamine. And so you're going to feel great about it. The difference between that and endorphins is that dopamine is highly addictive. In all those negative things that we referenced, that's a problem. But in the positive things, in terms of achieving tasks and goals and checking things off a list, that's really positive. So it reinforces that behavior. So when we're doing team development, problem-solving initiatives, that's really positive for us to achieve it. And that's the reason why, as a facilitator, you don't want to necessarily an end a program because you notice their discomfort over wanting to beat something or their inability to do it because when they finally do it they're going to feel joy and they're going to want to do that again they're going to want to feel that again so that's really positive so we want to encourage that those are endorphins and dopamine and what i say about both of those is that they can be achieved individually as an individual person they don't require the the whole team So the next two are serotonin and oxytocin. Both of those do require other people. So let's start with serotonin. Serotonin is often referred to, or at least Simon Sinek referred to it as, the leadership chemical. And this is because you get this from watching other people achieve great things. You don't necessarily get it from your own achievement. You get that from the achievement of others. If you've ever graduated high school or college and you've had to wear the silly gowns and the hats and the scroll, you're holding the scrolls, all of that stuff is traditional. But it's not the important part. The important part is you get to stand up on stage in front of your peers, educators and your family and uh, acknowledge your achievement over the last few years. Now, you get a boost of serotonin when you're in that position because you get to see other people feel great for you. All those people watching you also get that if they are tied to you in some way because they get to experience your achievement. And so you feel joy. You both get this boost of joy. When sports teams succeed and I hear sports fans saying, we won even though they didn't play, it's because they're involved in that team. 
and they are connected through their achievement, so they feel joy for them. You also get this if you ever witness someone do a good deed, and you witness it. So let's say someone across the street fell and tripped, and then you witness a stranger go and grab them and help them and support them. When you witness a good deed, you get a boost of serotonin. How powerful that is from being a leader and being part of a team and seeing someone else achieve it. Now, I can elicit that in the groups that I work with by doing entourage-based activities. And what I mean by that is that when someone succeeds, and let's say you were doing Ubuntu Champion, uh, you're playing it and you don't succeed, you don't win. You then become the fan of the person that actually won against you. And their achievement is what makes you feel joy. And so you're supporting others. And as you do that activity and it ends up being two people at the end and fan bases behind them cheering on, everyone's feeling that joy from seeing other people's success. And so you're getting a boost of serotonin. Now, what's really, really wonderful about serotonin is that as serotonin levels increase, dopamine levels decrease. And so the addictive dopamine levels will actually go down if serotonin goes up. Now, where that's important for us is considering working with kids who have addiction to cell phones or tech or anyone that we're working with that has some sort of uh, addiction to those things. When we engage them in outdoor play or we engage them in play and we're doing stuff like this, an entourage-based activity, we're reducing that addictive nature of wanting to grab your phone and reach for those things. So that's really powerful. It's a good thing to consider. Serotonin, the leadership chemical. Lastly is oxytocin. Now, oxytocin you get from physical connection. Now, we're sort of going to reduce that over the next few months and years as physical connection um, is limited due to COVID. But I think this will be a loss for us because physical connection helps trust and bond people. You get this very strongly in um, childbirth. That's when oxytocin levels are massive, spiked in uh, the mother's brain. And that's also the reason why they do skin to skin when the child is born. When my daughter was born, we brought her up and we laid her on my wife's chest. That physical bond is important. I think there was a study that said 7 to 10 seconds of physical connection can elicit oxytocin level spikes. So there's a trusting bonding relationship formed when people physically connect. I used to do high five activities, handshake activities for that reason. We're obviously not able to do that as much anymore. But as we get back to that world, I encourage us to consider trying to do activities where we're able to physically connect again. So those are the four chemicals. Endorphins, dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin. If we can try to figure out ways to incorporate those into the work we do, that just gives us another boost. That gives us another way that we can justify the work that we do and justify play as an experience because it gives us so much more. Please feel free to email me at podcast at highfiveadventure.org If you have any other scientific uh, study benefits that you can send me, I love this stuff. Oh, one thing that I forgot to mention, uh, there are tons of research out there, scientific journals on the benefits of play. If you go to AmericanJournalOfPlay.com, edit a note, the host of this episode made an error just now. It's actually JournalOfPlay.org. So the website is JournalOfPlay.org. Back to the episode. 
and you'll find free resource loads of journal articles. I will say they're not the most exciting reads. Uh, they are scientific journals, but they do give us as educators a lot of reasons and a lot of justification for incorporating play into the work we do, both as kids and as adults. Hi Five is powered by the generosity of people like you who help us support students, teachers, and leaders build stronger schools and communities. A gift of any size to make a difference. You can donate visiting High Five's website. The link is in the description. We thank you so much for your support. As a reminder, please, if you could, uh, continue to share the podcast with any educators that you think would find this beneficial, as well as letting me know what information you'd like me to share about and who potentially you'd like me to interview at podcast at H-I-G-H, the number five, adventure.org. Thank you so much. Stay safe and stay connected.